Welcome to the Triathlete Hour. This week, we're talking all about the sub-7, sub-8 attempt. First, Sid and I dissect the discussion around the record-breaking effort and if there are too many races this summer. And then we chat with Ruth Astle, who won the overall age group race in Kona in 2019 and then took fifth at the Ironman World Championships in the pro race in St. George a few weeks ago. Ruth will also be pacing her good friend Kat Matthews at the Sub 8 Project this weekend. And we talk about what that's like and why she's never going back to full-time banking. All of that after this short break. Power your next adventure with Outside Plus. Our Outside Plus membership gives you access not just to exclusive triathlete content, but also content across all our network brands like Outside Magazine, Backpacker, Velo News, and Trail Runner. With an Outside Plus membership, you get two magazine subscriptions, a $50 gear credit to the Outside Shop, which includes our library of training books, resources like our custom 70.3 training course and clean eating meal plans, dozens of training plans through today's plan software, a free event with Outside Events Cycling Series, and a discount on any races on Tri-Reg or Athlete Reg. And you get access to Gaia GPS and Trail Forks to help you find great routes and an annual Finisher Picks photo package to memorialize your race afterwards. Plus, now all of our members get access to our first ever Team Triathlete, a community of triathletes that includes Q&As with experts, training plans, in-person meetups, and team swag and giveaways. We'll be with you on your triathlon journey from start to finish. Join at triathlete.com backslash outside plus. That's outside P-L-U-S, one word. Become an Outside Plus member today. Okay, Sid is back with us. Sid, the most important question, how is Challenge Roth training going? Since, you know, there's going to be a head-to-head competition here between us. <laughs> I know, this is it. I, well, I was just like asking what day you were getting there for the party <laughs> aspect. Um, yeah, it's good. Well, it's been a, a, cre- a, f- a weird couple of weeks sort of off the back of St. Mm. George and then traveling back and a bit of time to settle and stuff. But yeah, I feel like I'm getting back into things for the last sort of, well, I say last, throw into St. George, but it, it, I know it's St. George, into Roth. Um, I don't know, is it four weeks, five weeks away? I'm not too sure anymore. feels like... It's enough that I'm like, ooh, I should. I need to train. Like, I can panic train in the yeah. last five <laughs> weeks, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. I'm kind of, like, getting back into things again now, which feels maybe a bit late. I feel like maybe... I'm, anyway, it's always the way, isn't it? You always feel they've not done enough. There used to be a thing... Uh, I forget what race I was doing, but Southwest, I had an airline, Southwest Airlines, I had a ticket, and they sent me this email that's like, your trip is just around the corner. And I was like, no, I have four more weeks no. of training <laughs> <Yeah>. left. <laughs> that's always a panic, yeah. isn't it? Like, what? Did I book the wrong yeah, date? Like, oh, I've done that too, <laughs> for sure. I have as well. Yeah. Or oh, I've booked two tickets once. I booked the same ticket twice thinking I hadn't. I'd booked it. And then the next day I thought, oh, I need to book that t- that flight to that race. Booked exactly the same ticket again. And then like looked and went, oh, you've already booked this. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, great. Done it's twice. great. Yeah. Yeah. The joys of not having a uh, yeah. joys of being your own travel agent, right. manager. Everything Somebody else. last week or a week or two ago said something about, oh, Flora Duffy's PR team needs to do a better. I was like, Flora doesn't have a PR team. None of these people have <laughs> like all the people that you think they have. No, no. Yeah, I know. I was just having I, I was just having a massage, but um, with a, a great girl here in Girona, but she works with um, the cycling teams. And actually, she was on the hour record, oh. the female, which Ellen did which was amazing um she works with the trek sigafredo and she was just asking me she's like so do you have like how does your travel work do you book it and how's all this work and i was like yep yep that's me yep me yep yep that'll be me <laughs> i have this uh, at work on the work side too people are like oh connect me with your social person and your person who does your emails and your event per-. i'm like yeah those are all me just all yeah. me it's fine <laughs> you should it's just fine. like you're like, yep, I can do that. And then when they then call or email you again, you just put on a slightly different voice. <laughs> like... All right. Well, we were actually talking about how there are so many races this year, which is why, I mean, you and I yes. are doing Roth. I'm doing Alcatraz next weekend, but there's so many races because next weekend is Alcatraz, Sub 7, Sub 8, and the Ironman European Women's Championships. 
And then the yep. following weekend is the North American Ironman Championships, Ironman Asia Pacific Championships. Then you have the 70.3 Euro right. Championships, the same day as the Ironman Men's Euro Championships. It's like too many, yep. I, I, like it's too and many then, things. And then last weekend, it was like, well, two weekends ago, we had the Challenge Championships, Ironman 70.3 North American Championships. Last weekend, the weekend just gone was another two half races, plus Ironman Brazil, which I never knew was happening. Yeah, it's it's pretty mental at the moment. Yeah. It is mental. Yeah, well, you told me Ironman Brazil, which I mean, I guess I'm not like scouring. Yeah. the. I like scoured the pro race list to put together a list of like the big races. So I guess I just like missed out. But there were two Kona spots. Yeah. yeah. And there were only, I think in the end, it was only like four or five women that finished or there were a few more on the start list, but I'm not sure there's one athlete that is on every start list going at the moment. She will rename nameless. Right. Um, but yeah, it was crazy. I, I saw it was on because I was tracking a few of the other races with friends and stuff that were racing. And I was like, oh, is Ironman Brazil? Assumed it was just an age group right. only race. And then like I was looking again at rankings and stuff this morning. I was like, oh, there's... Two slots, two Kona slots and five women and all this sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's like, look, it's, you know, on the one hand, it's really good. There's lots of opportunities for pros, particularly off the last few years. But it's also hard because there's only so many races you can do. Um, I mean, I guess, look, a few years ago, I was probably one of those people that would try and go to every, right. every race and you just race a lot. I mean, I can't do that now. Um, and I'm not sure. I mean, some people still can over the half distance, but it's hard to do that with the longer races and travel and the rest of it. And, you know, do you, it's that argument, like more races is great because it, you know, more pros can have that opportunity to earn and, and get some money and that sort of thing. But then are you is there enough pros to actually fill those races to be not at this, I mean, I, okay. So what I think they yeah. need to do, you know, like if I was in charge of triathlon, there needs to be more of like a tiered system, right. Where there are like the super yeah. top level, like, like super big like prize the, money races, like world triathlon. Yeah. Kind of like world triathlon where there's, there are yeah. six or seven WTCS level races in the year, yeah. but then there are world cups that are below that. And yeah, you'll still yeah. get some of the big people doing world cups, but it's like small. And then there are continental cups below that. And like that kind of structure should exist uh, across triathlon right but that's but that's when you have triathlon run by a governing right. body not private event companies well that's a whole nother but there should be yeah. there should be different tiers. They, they're not they're not going to agree to yeah, yeah. being they don't want their race to be a well sometimes they do i mean you need development races yeah, yeah, you need a pipeline you yeah, need different tiers especially especially with the way the the pto rankings are going like it's so it's so focused on the top elite mm -hmm. and it's hard for those other athletes to, to move up those rankings. We need to be developing a system that gives the up and coming athletes or the new pros or those on the fringe, the opportunity to race and still earn and be sustainable, but also be able to get, you know, almost get those points to get into the next. Yeah. Cause I mean, the other thing is if yeah. you had a tiered system, right. And this is the other half of it. Like if you had a tiered system, where there were like really high level pro races, mid level pro races, and then like super beginner developed. You could acknowledge the fact that the top end of the age group field is largely the same as the bottom end of the pro field. And you could just like have these kind of like a level there that like, you know, yeah. overlapped and you wouldn't get, you know, pro age groupers, yeah. which is what you're getting. I mean, these I days. feel, yeah, yeah. I, I feel, well, that's because you can't. It's hard to survive as right. a pro so you, if you're not. So, so like right now, age, it's like yeah, black or white. Working. So yeah, you have yeah. no option. Yeah. So if you like still need a job yeah. and you still and you have kids and whatever, like you're yeah. like, well, shit, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. I mean, I do feel, I do feel that's what you know. One of those, the benefits, the good things about um, the PTO, and I hope someone is recording this, just saying I am speaking positively <laughs> about the PTO here. <laughs> um, I think that's what they are trying, right. or we are trying to develop with the PTO tour system of having those, you know four or five top tier races where everybody's out of a year. But at the same time, like we have to do that in conjunction with Ironman right. and with Challenge and those other brands. Otherwise, there's always going to be conflict and there's always going to be all these other races that the athletes at that top level get torn to race between. Um, and also, I feel like it's got to be a little bit more distributed or weighted at some point to those pure long course Athletes. Oh, because you're like, because there's just much, a point at which you can't do too many Ironmans. It's still Iron very Mans. much yeah. heavily, yeah, it's still very much heavily ranked and weighted on Olympic 
short course to middle distance athletes. Well, the PTO system regularly. The PTO system doesn't. I mean, it's an interesting point because PTO system doesn't do draft <laughs> legal. But you will. I do no. agree. It. It. Over- but the athletes who do draft legal can right. perform very well over several half distances and still do very well in our long course rankings. It's more that it's like because it favors the more you can race. Or not favors, yeah. but like the more you race, the more you have a shot at getting like okay. your three best races. And yeah. so then that's yeah. going to favor like mid distance, right? Where like you can bang yeah. out a bunch. It, yeah. It, yeah. Like if you want to do well in the PTO rankings, you have to be racing half distance as a, not like that has to, you have to, or you have to be able to race everything, but you have to be good at the half distance to get those good points. Particularly anyway, because gone. their tour events yeah. are like more points, right? And those are the 100K yeah. distance. So yeah. 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 It's an interesting it's one. A, anyway, a, we're going to fix triathlon. We're going to have a right. tiered system. And if we had a tiered system, yes, then we're gonna run it. we wouldn't have two yeah. regional mid-distance championships on the same yeah. day from different... We're a bit like... We are a bit like boxing yeah. in that way, aren't we? Like, just so many belts of people winning all over the place um, that, like, you can be different champions and stuff like well, that. I don't know yeah. anything about boxing, so I will just believe you uh, that. but this upcoming weekend is one of the bigger things everyone's been talking about the sub seven sub eight i know there are mixed feelings out there i think it's interesting we just as we were getting on though to record this just (laughs) now literally we went to like look up details and alistair brownlee had pulled out yeah yeah 30 minutes ago and i mean this will go out in a couple of days time so everyone will it'll be old news by then but literally three days before the race so yeah what is this 28 minutes ago as of monday when we're recording Alistair Brownlee out of sub seven with injury and he is being replaced by Joe Skipper, um, which is interesting. Um, like, I don't know. It says injury. So we I think it's a stress. It said like stress that. hip reaction that needs which, immediate treatment. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's not a good, you know, that signals similar things to Lucy Charles mm-hmm. Barkley. And that's not a good place to have, have a hip. I mean, you know, it was sad. He pulled out. He obviously pulled out of the Ironman World Champs in St. George the day before because he was sick and sort of citing that, no, not citing, but saying that, you know, he needs to be fully fit, ready for sub seven, sub eight. And so it's just kind of a shame. Yeah. Uh, you know, I guess it's that fine line. He is that type of athlete. It's such a fine line. He's either in another league and just world dominating and he could have been on sub seven day or unfortunately that fine line between that amazing fitness and being injured unfortunately and out of it or sick um so it's a bit of a shame i assume that joe skipper will literally just sub in and take, oh they said you know, they said an, they had announced the team they said so. that alistair brownlee though is going to serve as one of joe skipper's swim pacers and is subbing in for one of the pacers but otherwise yeah i think he's keeping the same pace because yeah. you get 10 pacers that you can space out over the three yeah. how, sports how you want. And so they had already announced yeah. all their pacers. Johnny Brownlee is obviously one of Brownlee's yeah. pacers. Um, yeah. They have a whole like cycling team, one of the like Euro pro cycling teams. Yeah. Um, Which is another interesting thing. So on the men's side of things, so with Alistair now, Skipper, Joe, um, and with Christian, they've picked predominantly pure cyclists or time trial specialists for their cycling pacers. Um, but on the women's side, Nicola's gone very much for a triathlete mm-hmm. focused or based. And, and a lot of the, the women that are in the pace team for Nicola are coached by the same coach or the Brett Sutton coaching group, the Cam Watt, those athletes. So maybe that's the link there. Uh, Kat Matthews, she's got a couple of triathletes in there, but she has gone. She, I guess she's got like, a, it's almost like a mix of mm-hmm. some pure cycling time time trial specialists um, with a couple of triathletes. Um, I know some of them are doubling up for the, for the swim or some of them are doubling up for the run. I think I spoke to Kat. Um, I think she's mainly focusing her attention on pacing for the swim and the bike. Yeah. And she's pretty confident that she can pace herself run wise um again i you know it's interesting i feel i feel quite sorry for cat i'm I'm really excited to see what she can do but she has come in pretty last minute as well Well, not as last minute as joe but not as last minute (laughs) as joe true um but again different characters um but you know i think cats could have come in yeah but cats come cat came in 
early enough that she still had to sort her team out. Yeah, yeah. But late enough that she hadn't had the months of build up and focus for it. Whereas Skipper's just coming in and he's just taking Alistair's team. Yeah. That's already been. I think Kat's so got it pretty together, though. I mean, she seems to have developed a pretty. Oh, I think she's done a great job for the short amount of time. She has a yeah. PR manager now. When you email, ah, I think I think St. <laughs> George, you know, yeah, obviously she gets a lot of people now I'm, bothering her for things. Yeah, yeah. For I sure. think her phone was fairly hot post. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but sub seven, sub eight. So, yeah. Um, I mean, we have all the details on our site. Uh, but it also I realized goes off at like midnight east coast time here in the u.s so i don't even know how people i don't know how much of an audience is going to get here yeah yeah i need to check i need to make sure that my uh my uh training schedule is is planned around it's planned around so you can watch well i guess okay so if it's going to take them seven hours and starts at midnight east coast uh, it's going to finish at like 4 a.m my time i was like i don't know yeah 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 so they're starting pretty early then. They're seven, starting 7 a.m. Central European oh, 70. Oh, yeah. okay. standard, whatever it is. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah. So, huh. but you can watch it live. So, yeah. Alistair's going to be a commentator now. It is interesting. Um, so he's going to do the swim and then, and then comment. To the booth to yes. Commentate. Yes. Interesting. And they're doing it. So the swim is like point to point across a lake, man-made lake. And yeah. then the, you're getting out and getting on this like highway from the lake and yeah. biking basically with the wind downhill, like like yeah. the 10 miles or something to the track. To a track. Where they then are like, it's a racetrack, not a regular, like a car yeah. racing track. And then they're doing the rest of the bike around the racetrack and then run around the racetrack. And it's like a super yeah. fast race. I mean, I think they've set it up like pretty fast. Um, it's I mean, not, that's, yeah. It's kind of the plan, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, it's like, it's not the, ex- to be breaking it. it's not as much as breaking two. Like the breaking two marathon, obviously they had it like so dialed. This is like a little... It's not that they aren't don't have it pretty dialed, but is it like every person still like developing their own team, their own equipment? Some people That's are gonna have different I think stuff. It's, yeah, like there's a lot more variables in this. Obviously, the three disciplines and the bigger team, like you know, the sub two, there was a lot of focus structure, but it's I don't want to. It's relatively simple in terms of running. Yes, just and um, putting your team together, sort of thing. Whereas here. There is a lot more about like how, where, you know, pacing in the swim and what, where do you sit and can you sit on, you know, what position you're sitting on or what wetsuit is it a new design? And then cycling, it's great if you have in those time trial specialists in cycling, but none of the time trial specialists are time trialed over 180k Mm. ever. They don't do that in a race in, in cycling races. Plus it's more about um, like being able to hold a wheel and you've still got you're still pushing pretty hard regardless of where you're sat in that in that in that train um and you know getting and there's other things like you've got to get the fueling right and you know you just don't have like we all know you can train as hard as you can for that one day race and as females things happen <laughs> and and you know and still the, with men like you, just body just doesn't show on the day there, um, the other thing I was thinking though, in terms of like everyone's obviously comparing it to Breaking Two, and it's starting to get a lot of mainstream attention. Like you're starting to see like yeah. main big news want to send people oh, over there, okay? Because yeah, yeah. they remember Breaking Two, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I remember this." But the thing yeah. that's different, and I was thinking about this when I was like doing some of this like reporting this weekend, Breaking Two is completely Nike backed, so they could yeah. put all the science into it and give them all of like whatever was the fastest. Each of these athletes has their own sponsors. And that's, so that's like a whole me, yeah. thing around the equipment is like, well, every that's why each of the teams has to develop their own stuff, like their own equipment, their own strategy, because they have to honor their existing sponsor contracts. So, yeah, I think like all of the sponsors have been on board and are like developing, you know, different wetsuits and bikes and whatever for them. But it does make it like way more complicated and What's the opposite of centralized? Decentralized? Like, yeah. yeah. And I think that's kind of what I meant with there mm-hmm. being so many moving parts. Like sub two was this specific project yeah. with one team, one backer, all going into it. Whereas here it's so, so much bigger with different, like you said, the different brands, different sponsors, different athletes, different pacers. You've got tech, like, and how do you, yeah, how do you split those over there? It is. Starting- and I know it's interesting. Like, I don't know, you know, and it, I think that there's an interesting thing on the cycling for Alistair, he's been using Dan Biggums, I think it is, who's a renowned cycle, uh, time trialist. He did the, you know, he had a go at the hour record recently and and that sort of thing. But yet Christian is using um, 
Matt Bashel. Thank you. Oh my God. I'm <laughs> complete blank and I like no Matt, no Matt really well. I am sorry, Matt. And he's using Matt Botchell, who is also an incredible like specialist in time trial. And actually, Matt's actually in the team now. Uh, so yeah. Matt came in to just work on the aerodynamics, work on the pacing and the strategy and to work because he's done so much work with the the tour teams on that, but actually found that he is now actually one of the pacers. It's funny on the bike and has been training really hard to get there. So that's really fascinating as well. Just seeing, I think it'll be interesting. To, I'm kind of almost interested to see it from almost as interested to see how they've set up the team right. as whether they actually do the time at the end of the day. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, our, we have a reporter over there uh, who will be going and be there, you know, starting from Thursday or whatever. And all of the stories, I was like, we want to hear about the gear. We want to hear about the people. We want to like, that's what I want to like. Like, that's what like I want to know every, are, all the, are all the athletes in Christian's team riding the new bike? I don't think or so. Is it no, just no, Christian no, it's just Christian. Because well, that's like, yeah, so, yeah. I know, but it's like, if that new bike was developed. No, it's just in Christian. In one way, like. I think. Yeah, so. But there's also supposedly, supposedly, some crazy new wetsuits coming that are like not legal in like regular yeah. swimming. Regular racing. Yeah. And, uh, and so there's going to be a lot of crazy stuff. It'll be, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was about to say, uh, there are more mainstream covering it now. And you're starting to see oh, yeah. like regular, yeah. and so there was a, like a, a pre, a preprint, which is like a scientific paper that hasn't been gone to scientific review yet, analyzing like if it can be done. And so that was getting like, but it's really funny when they cover it because they're always like, let me tell you what a triathlon is. And there was one guy who, uh, one of the articles said, uh, you probably have not spent a lot of time thinking about how long it takes to do an iron distance triathlon. And I was like, oh, I have, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least they call it iron distance. They have man. the correct Iron man triathlons. Iron distance uh, yeah. triathlons yeah. is the name of the sport. 140.6 miles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but it will be interesting. Um, It'll be exciting. I mean, I think it's also just like we talked to Ruth today and and she just, you know, notes this. It's just like a different thing. It's not like, oh, we. It's a race. They like, no, it's not a certified record. Obviously, there aren't really certified records, but like it's just it is a different thing. It just is what it is. That's fine. Yeah. 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 I I mean, like lots of people have been, you know, saying, oh, you bothered about it. I'm not, you know, and there's been a bit of a mixed review and I'm. Look, it's fascinating. It's people we know. It's people in the sport. Yeah, okay. It's not an official, like, you know, someone today was saying, oh, it's, you know, it's ridiculous. It's not an official. And I'm like, they're not trying to be an official, like, iron distance record or or whatever. It's just seeing what is possible is a bit different. Like I said, I'm interested in the technology side of things and then also the team dynamics and how they they work that side out of it and um yeah i mean and i'm just a sports you know we're both sports junkies anyway so we're probably going to be glued to it <laughs> well i will not apparently because it will be 2 a.m oh not so. yeah yeah you won't be i will be and i'll be like texting nobody because you will you'll all be asleep <laughs> great well we'll see how that goes yeah. and we will have lots of coverage on our site so you should obviously uh yes. on the ground from the ground um, and then we'll be back after to talk about it. So sure will. Exciting. All right. Thanks. Sid. All right. This week we have Ruth Astle, who was the 2019 overall age group Kona champion and then fifth in the pro race at the most recent Ironman World Championships in St. George. So I guess the big question, Ruth, is how different was the pro race from the age group race at the World Championships? Yeah, very different. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think mainly because the pro race felt like basically a solo race all day Mm. um whereas the age group race like slightly better in 2019 than it was the two years before with the introduction of the wave starts but even with those wave starts you know you're still around hundreds of other people in your age group and then hundreds of other people out on course um like basically the whole day so yeah for me the pro race that had some company on the swim then it it kind of like I had a group for a little bit on the bike but I was at the front for most of it and then basically the rest of the bike felt like a solo time trial um and yeah again the run just there's obviously people around but I wasn't like racing next to someone whereas I think in the age group race generally there's like lots of people around you and you feel more like you're racing in some ways yeah, I mean, in Kona age group race, it's actually like a problem how mm. packed it is because everyone everyone's the same speed. So, 
Yeah, although I think yeah. having the men and women on different days will definitely help that. Um, right. It's, probably, it's right. one of the things that I used to not like that much as an age grouper whose strength was on the bike that uh, <laughs> certain people would take advantage of having men around. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I think for the for the women age groups, um, that'll be really, really good having their own race this year. So as you obviously got started as an age grouper, race for an age grouper as a while, um, you actually got started, you were working at, at Lloyd's, the bank, and, and joined a corporate team, right? Had you mm. ever done... I know you played field hockey, but did you ever done running, biking, or swimming before that? Um, so I did like bits of running. I'll say it as a like, not ever competitively. Like I did a bit of okay. school cross country, but not cross country to the same degree that a lot of Brits did it. So like I was never like on a county team or going to proper cross. It was it's like more a big like, thing over there, right? Yeah, it's a big yeah. thing. So I wasn't doing that. I was doing like the school cross country, which was a muddy field that no one else wanted to do. <laughs> okay. um, but yeah, not really any other proper running. Like again, you know, I tried a bit of athletics and ended up often being the one that was doing the 1500 or the 800 because people didn't want to do the longer ones, but never like never to any kind of decent level. Um, and always as just a bit of a, I quite like competing. It's fun. Let's just try lots of different things. Um, and biking, I kind of got into it a little bit. must've been probably like my last year at uni. I had quite a few cousins that were keen cyclists. Like they're all a bit older, like probably like five to seven years older. And a few of them had kind of got into cycling and my parents had just moved up to the Lake District and they wanted to do this family cycle kind of from the Lake District across to Wales. Uh, and I'd done maybe like a couple of 30 mile bike rides at this point and uh, was like, yeah, that sounds quite fun. I'll come and give it a go. We got absolutely pissed on for three days. And Isn't it was that like, like standard though? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah especially for the Lake District. Um, but that was probably the kind of extent of my cycling of like I'd done a few family cycles and I was doing it a little bit as a kind of getting around London but not seriously um but yeah at the time I was training for the Berlin Marathon again I was doing it with some friends and just as a kind of fun thing to tick off doing a a marathon and I was actually quite bored of just running so when the triathlon (laughs) opportunity came around I was like oh yeah okay I know how to swim I know how to bike uh, I know how to run let's kind of put it all together and yeah just really enjoyed it so you did the london triathlon as your first one right that's that that's yeah. a pretty big one like it's quite popular. yeah it, it was massive but i did it on the corporate day so they usually have it split between like the uh. kind of elite race the age group racing and then they have a kind of corporate day um so yeah which actually was probably a good thing for me because it meant that from the corporate side i actually i think i was like second woman overall or something so like there weren't many people racing so I felt like oh I'm quite good at this this is fun (laughs) probably (laughs) one of the things that meant I sort of then pursued it and and at the time like I had quite recently moved to London um I didn't have a massive friendship group in London and I missed the sort of competitive side of hockey from uni so actually it all kind of worked out quite well timing wise to be like oh I'll go and join the local triathlon group um and kind of a use it from a social perspective to make some friends but also have something slightly competitive to do and okay it sounds funny but triathlon's pretty big in london right like when you say like the local triathlon group like how big is that how how into it are are people over there yeah so well i'd say there's probably about 20 clubs maybe even more in london itself um and my club's one of the full on try is like one of the bigger ones. So I think at the time mm. I joined, it must've been about 350 people. So pretty big. Um, and yeah, people are very into it. Like very quickly <laughs> I was hearing about, Oh, you can race for your country and be an age group racer. And then there's this magical thing called Kona and <laughs> all this stuff. And obviously at that point I had just like a really old aluminium road bike and like no gear and then suddenly around all these people with literally all the gear (laughs) you're like ah there's like all this stuff that I can buy and that can help make me better so yeah definitely it's like a massive thing in London but I think that's part of why I 
kind of really enjoyed it because it was this huge community and um, like so many different kinds of people doing it and just a great way of kind of meeting people and visiting different places. At first, I know also like Olympic distance racing is bigger over there. So were you doing the short course or when did you get into the long course? Yeah, so I started with um, like kind of Olympic distance and Mm -hmm. some sprints because there's like a lot of sort of local London leagues Mm -hmm. that had all these sprint and Olympic distance and so like 2014 was my kind of first prop year and I heard people starting to talk about oh you can race for your country but at that point obviously the way the age group racing works is you generally qualify the year before to race that year so I'd kind of missed that year but then I was like oh well I'm going to make it my mission to qualify for next year um so that was my mission and 2015 I went and raced like the duathlon champs in Spain and then the Olympic champs in Chicago oh okay yeah which um like it was really like really cool experience really enjoyed it but was a bit of a definitely eye-opening from a oh my like swim and run is nowhere near good enough to be kind of competitive like I think I came like 20th or something and I was like I'm not really interested in kind of keeping at this distance um and I think I'd probably already realized by that point that the bike was my strength so actually going up the distances would probably be good for me um uh, yeah and I think like a month before Chicago I did the Alp Duez long course as my first kind of longer triathlon and kind of really enjoyed it like it was really hard I hadn't really realized that it was at altitude and <laughs> like many other <laughs> things um but like generally enjoyed it so then 2016 uh basically did mainly 70.3s got it okay yeah the Chicago uh that was a big one my parents lived there mm. at the time it was very exciting it was very mm. like thousands of people came yeah it was, it was cool. really cool and I think again it just kind of showed that like the scale of it the amount of different right. people involved like all the different countries you know things like the parade of nations I mean as someone who's like a complete amateur sports person before that and had kind of like never really done anything like that like I loved that side of it that whole I've got my little GB tracksuit and all my kit and right. I've got my name on it and I was like so proud I literally bought like all of the kit um all the stuff yeah yeah everything <laughs> yeah so and I loved it that whole the like the atmosphere around it the crowds that were out and the fact mm. that you got to watch the elite race as well like it was just yeah really cool experience I can see uh I can see being like okay but I'm not a good enough swimmer because they mm. they can be like very fast swimmers obviously at that at that distance um so you kind of moved up to long course and, and at what point, okay, so you're still working full time for Lloyd's and training like most age groupers. At what point did you uh, start to get super serious about this? Uh, I reckon probably 2017. Like that was when okay. I did my first Ironman. And I think that's when, and by kind of 2017, I was starting to generally sort of win or at least podium in my age group. So I guess I was starting to think, oh, I could actually be, quite good (laughs) um and yes I think probably around that time and then definitely I think when I went because I did Kona in 2017 as my first Kona and it was only my second Ironman but like again like really enjoyed it the whole Kona experience was really cool and it definitely left me thinking that I need to come back and I need to win um (laughs) but also I feel like people either think that or they're like nope never coming back yeah no I was definitely like it's really cool but I can definitely do better but I I also had in my head I was a bit like well I think if like at that point again I'd heard more stories about various like women in particular that had had other careers and then turned pro because I think before I Mm -hmm. wouldn't have even considered it before that I might be able to be a professional sports person having never done that as a child but you know I think I had stories of people like Laura Siddle and various Mm -hmm. and like Sky like there were so many people that were starting to come through and be really successful that had come from these more kind of corporate backgrounds that I was like oh it's definitely possible um but yeah in my head I was like a I need to get to a senior enough position at Lloyd's that I could either take a career break or a sabbatical and it would be a lot easier um and also as like I want to feel that I've kind of proved to myself that I think I'm good enough by winning Kona so that was my kind of okay. my two criteria of like what I wanted to tick off before making that step 
It's a pretty big, uh, those are both pretty big steps yeah. that one has to hit. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I like a challenge. <laughs> okay. And obviously, or not obviously, but it's like well known, you um, were on the Zwift Tri Academy then going into that like final Kona, that 2019 mm-hmm. Kona. What was the Zwift Tri Academy like? Like, I know they put you up in a fancy house. I know they have like a private chef, but like, how does it really help you be like better or faster? Oh, I think like so many things about it were just, like, I still kind of look back on it and it's like, I can't actually believe that I was part of that. And that was all kind of real. I think firstly, like all the different equipment and stuff you get, you know, that definitely okay. felt as like, oh, I feel like a sponsored athlete. Um, and to be honest, that's probably still better than most of the sponsorships I've now got what I had on the Swift yeah. <laughs> Academy. Um, you know, like getting the bike and the helmet and the shoes and getting to go into a wind tunnel. Um, and also being able to kind of pick the brains of people like Tim and Sarah and kind of use their experience. Um, but I like, I also really liked the, like the team aspect of it, of like, we've got a group out here, everyone's kind of rooting for each other. Um, like even just out on the course, being able to see someone else in their little orange kit, you'd be like, yes, there's another Zwift <laughs> person, keep going. Um, so yeah, I think that all helped and then it the Kona experience itself I mean I can't see my I can't see it ever being a better kind of Kona experience than that because like you said it's just everything was kind of done for us like everything was cooked for us we had a bike mechanic there we were getting shuttled around to our various training sessions and everything like that and it just made it really easy it just meant that literally that race Mm -hmm. week you were like right I just need to do my bits of training rest relax uh and ev- like everything else is taken care of so I think that was probably the biggest difference um so yeah like it was just it was a really cool really cool experience and, like most people I've spoken to about it I've been like you've just got to apply like, you've just got to apply like if you think you've got a chance of getting in it like it's a no-brainer <laughs> you've got to give yeah, it a go I was just down there I like when I saw their house in St. George and I was just down there for their little like camp. Yeah. And I'm still like trying to figure out exactly how one gets picked. I mean, I know you apply and then there's like a video and a whole process, but it seems, yeah, seems like uh, winning the lottery kind of. Yeah. And I think like obviously a lot of it's performance based, like they want people that are going to be on the podium because that's going to get them more publicity. Um, But I think they also like having that range of different people you know we had a range of kind of ages on my Mm -hmm. year and people that were parents people that were grandparents um people that worked in very different sectors so I think again it's trying to show how diverse well I was going to say I was going to say how diverse triathlon is it's not really that diverse but from a I guess (laughs) within that sector of people uh it's kind of you know different jobs different professions different backgrounds of where people have come from um so yeah I think but generally that yeah you probably need to at least have qualified for Kona and probably be in with a shot of podiuming to get a place seems tricky and then you have to make a video and stuff now yeah yeah I think like I still think you can get away with not being too social media savvy because I think they can kind of (laughs) do that side of things but yeah it probably helps okay (laughs) And so you won um, 2019 Kona overall age group, but you actually like, I mean, you won by a lot, but you actually broke your collarbone going into it, right? It wasn't, it wasn't as smooth as, as one would hope. Yeah, that was, um, <laughs> I'd had a really good and fun race at Roth and was mm. feeling super confident. And then basically like one of my first rides back from Roth, uh, a guy in a car turned into me and my friends. Um, and I was actually quite lucky because I was sitting at the back of our little group. So it was my other friend that basically took the full brunt of the car and thankfully is absolutely fine and has also keeps requalifying for Kona. So it's not affected him <laughs> long term. But um, yeah, I was pretty lucky that I just broke my collarbone because, yeah, my friend had like various vertebrae and ribs and all sorts going oh, on. So that I, I wouldn't have made it back from that. But yeah, I um I actually, I spent a lot of time looking at things like Lucy Gossage's blogs from when she broke her collarbone. And I think hers was like Mm. really close, like maybe seven weeks before. So I was 12 weeks out, which I was like, actually, that gives me enough time. Um, I got the surgery on it. So I had to wait four weeks to then be able to swim again. 
but again as my swim's not great so it probably doesn't affect it that much (laughs) um and I kind of yeah like I think two days after the surgery I was back on the turbo uh and maybe 10 days after I was able to start kind of slowly jogging and getting back so I guess I didn't actually have that long off um and I was lucky in that yeah my collarbone seemed to heal pretty quickly I think people have very different Mm. experiences with it but yeah I like five weeks after I went out to 70.3 worlds at Nice because I was a bit like I've booked all my stuff loads of my friends competing I'm gonna go either way and then I was like I'll take my bike just in case maybe I'll race uh I literally did like my second swim back in the sea at Nice and I was like yeah it kind of feels all right I'll give it a go and like again just like actually loved the racing um I didn't do too badly I think I was like 11th overall or something um so I was a bit like okay like I've clearly not lost too much fitness and then it was just like head down for Kona but in some ways like actually mm-hmm. it like it took all the pressure off so I was like well like obviously I want to win and I think that right. I'm capable of winning but I've had this accident so you know let's kind of be kind to myself and not (laughs) whereas I think like if I hadn't had it I think there would have been a a bit more pressure from Zwift because actually the the good thing was they were actually putting as not so much pressure but they were talking way more about Maggie one of the other women who's like an amazing athlete um but they were talking basically all about her and I was like this is perfect like they can talk about her and I can just get on with stuff and um kind of do my own thing so yeah I think it kind of it took the pressure off it meant that actually I probably had a bit more enforced recovery which again Mm. I think as age groupers generally you don't get enough of at all and I think even something like the kind of three four weeks that I got to spend working from home made a massive difference because like at that point that was when I was working a super busy job um and like normal life would be sort of waking up at 4 30 spending like 10 hours in the office and then getting back and training so like that obviously isn't ideal prep for an yeah, Ironman yeah. really um but lots of people do it but I think the fact that I had that four week block at home of actually being able to sleep and not going to the office actually probably all helped me win so in many ways like obviously I wouldn't want to go back and have the accident again but in many ways I think it actually helped me um win in Kona that's interesting I mean you hear that sometimes like Tim O'Donnell or whatever Mm -hmm. couldn't run and then he got second and I don't know yeah but then obviously lots of people get hurt and they don't so you have to kind of like it's the (laughs) the mental approach you know Mm, definitely so you won 2019 and it was some crazy time where like it was like the fastest time ever by a British woman. You won by like 14. I don't know. It was something nuts. It wasn't quite. And so clearly it's still cat, well, cat foes still got the overall amateur record. The fastest. Okay. Which I was very upset, okay. but I didn't get that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but clearly it was enough to prove to yourself that you could go pro. So you went pro at the end of 2019 and then COVID hit. Yeah. And that's got to be like brutal. Yeah. It was um, not the best timing. Although again, there's like, there's pros and cons. I think first, like initially when I was thinking about going pro, uh, I was going to take a sabbatical and I was going to do like a six month sabbatical, kind of take that block of time to train, do some races and kind of see what happened. Um, Mm -hmm. I then decided actually I'll just cut my hours down and just do kind of two days a week to kind of, because I'd spoken to a few different people uh that had kind of come from the similar backgrounds and a lot of them said oh you probably want to keep something to keep your brain occupied more than anything um otherwise it becomes like really intense around triathlon so I was like okay so I'll so I was like I cut down to two days rather than a sabbatical which thank god in hindsight otherwise <laughs> had COVID then hit and I'd been on a sabbatical not entirely sure what would have happened um but yeah in many ways actually I think that covid period was really good for me because it just gave me more time uh of training Mm. because i think had 2020 been a normal like a a normal year um that i kind of think where i would have been at that point in racing with the training i would have been able to do probably would have been not as good as i was when i then managed to race at the end of 2020 um like partly Mm because i was lucky because i managed to keep swimming uh which you know if I hadn't been able to keep swimming that that really would have been a disaster for me 
but I I still had access to uh, an endless pool, so that really helped. So yeah, it basically just gave me this like six month block of uninterrupted training, which I think then actually set me up for like not an amazing end of twenty twenty, but it wasn't terrible. Um, and then it's like you did Florida, right? Yeah, I did Florida. Um, which yeah, Flor like Florida was a good race to do like actually florida is actually where i became really good friends with cat because we spent like a month together like we raced that and then we spent the month together before daytona um but i think yeah it kind of taught me a lot about the kind of like the pro racing um like okay. partly from a how supportive that female pro community still is like stuff like i was on the run uh and meredith kessler came past me and she was like you've got to keep going get that kona spot you know being so enthusiastic <laughs> and i was like literally at that point it's like you're like one of my heroes like the fact she still <laughs> races it and she's so consistent like she basically podiums like every race she does is like unbelievable yeah, yeah. so i was like oh my god like i'm on the start line with these women uh a like she knows who i am which is <laughs> slightly surreal and b she's like cheering me on while she's doing her own race like so anyway so like florida was great um and i got my kona spot which i guess then actually ended up becoming the st george slot um right which again seems bizarre when it's been like from so long ago <laughs> right, right right uh and then like daytona which was just like it was i ended up with a achilles injury um so i couldn't finish the race but again as a kind of experience as i like, was just a really cool experience and being around so many like amazing athletes. I was just like, okay, yep, this is kind of what I want to do. I'm enjoying it. It's been really fun. Let's keep kind of keep going. Let's keep doing it. Yeah. A lot of people though, I think, uh, I mean, you kind of talked about when we were talking about the difference between uh, Kona and St. George, but their first pro races, like you, they have to realize like it's very different racing, right? Like all of a sudden it's just, you're not just like out there doing your own time trial thing. Yeah. No. Although I think probably like a lot of the times in the female race, you probably are. Um, in normal yeah. races like not at a world champs level or probably even a regional champs level but yeah I think generally speaking the numbers are quite low in the female racing mm -hmm. so it does tend to be a bit more of a solo time trial um, but yeah they're definitely like I had the whole conversation with my coach Will before St George of like different scenarios and a bit of a you know like what should I do if this kind of happens should I be just focusing on my race or should I try and react to certain things going on? Right. Is it like, yeah, it definitely becomes a bit more um, of a, like something to kind of consider of like, do you try and like go with the race or do you try and stay with someone if you think that they're actually going a bit harder than you want to go, but you think if you don't stay with them, then you might lose them for <laughs> the whole race and you might never get them, but yeah, so there's definitely a, a kind of element of tactics to, to think about, which I'm still, you know, I think having just done like my first world champs, um, there's still a lot more to learn about that. There are a couple of you where like you kind of went for it at the end of 2019 and then COVID hit and it was like, obviously, I don't know, it's an interesting question because some, there's quite a few people who are new pros, but then they got this whole long time on it to train. And then it seems like they pop out of nowhere and you win, like you won two Ironmans in 2021 or, or cat like pops out of nowhere and, and, or Sam long, like there's these people, but in reality, obviously like it's an interesting question. If you just like had the time to train how it worked out. Cause you ended up winning two Ironmans last year. Right. Yeah. Yes. I mean, like I, I definitely so South Africa, I cherry picked, uh, cause okay. it was a regional champs. The start list wasn't very strong and they were paying well. So uh, that was my <laughs> seems like a good race to go and do because I can definitely because I I've, I kind of backed myself as I think even if I have a uh, like not like my best race but I put together a solid race as like I'm pretty sure I can be on the podium um, mm -hmm. which yeah because they were paying regional champs money I was like that makes it worth the trip and it was a course that I've always wanted to do so it's like it kind of ticks lots of boxes um, Mallorca was maybe a bit more of a I'd had like a calf injury running up into it. I hadn't done much running, um, but I knew that that course probably suited me. Um, and again, it wasn't like a mega strong, like it was a good start list, but it wasn't like a proper regional champs kind of start list. Again, I was like, well, I think if I have a good race, I can 
kind of do all right. And um, yeah, both of them went pretty well. So <laughs> it was good. Yeah. From the outside, sometimes I think what I was trying to say is like, it feels like all of you guys kind of like popped up out of nowhere, but I'm guessing it doesn't feel like that to you. No, definitely not. And no. I think, <laughs> um, yeah, part of the, and I've had a conversation a few times with some of the Brits that are trying to get their pro licenses or have kind of been on the brink of maybe getting it and not knowing whether to take it or not. Um, and I was like, you just need to know kind of why you're taking it. And for me, like one of the reasons mm-hmm. why I wanted that kind of overall Kona win to validate going pro was like, I want to feel that I can go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um, be competitive. I was like, I don't want to just be doing the race and like taking part in it. I want to feel that I can go and I can be competing um, for like podiums and wins, which... Mm-hmm. So I think I always sort of thought, I think I have the like the capability to get there if I can put the work in and have that consistent block of training. But yeah, I think it's, there's one thing kind of thinking that at the back of your head and then being able to actually go and do it. Um, right. But right. yeah, and I imagine, you know, I think like cats sort of similar in some ways, but also very different in others and that actually she was, probably newer to triathlon in some ways than I was and had a bit of a quicker rise up. So actually hadn't done anywhere near as much age group racing, but went straight in as a pro and was winning stuff. But again, that's probably like partly her kind of running background in some ways, but also just, I think she probably knew in her head, I can go and do it and I can be competitive. So she went and did it mm-hmm. and she was competitive. Um, and she was competitive. Yeah. And again, yeah, I think Sam Long's probably, again, similar. So yeah, I think it's a, there's always more work behind the scenes than it looks like. And it might have just been kind of bad luck at some races or not quite picking the right races where you can show it off. Interesting. Do all you Brits know each other? It seems like you all know each other. All the Brits. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but I think like some of us obviously better than others, but I think... Right. Um... Like there's a lot of us and there's a lot of us competing at the same kind of level. Um, right. So yeah, it's like, it's, it's not, it's just nice. I think some of the PTO races that got put on last year, was it? Yeah, last year, um, that were like British and you've still got like seven or eight people turning up that are all really good. <laughs> like it's probably not many countries yeah, yeah. that can, that can do that. Uh, but yeah, it's like, it's generally a really good vibe and I feel like, we all kind of want each other to be doing well, but we like the fact there's, well, sometimes you like the fact there's quite a lot of us. Sometimes with like <laughs> Collins Cup Team Europe selection, you're like, right. oh, why are there so many good people? Um, like, God damn. But yeah, no, it's, it's, it genuinely seems to be like we all actually get on pretty well. It's an interesting thing because like, I mean, you kind of were saying like, I mean, it rains all the time there. What is it about Leeds? You're in Leeds, right? Yeah. Like you train out of Leeds. Like it doesn't seem like a place that would become a triathlon hotspot. Um, I think it's just because like all the training's so hard. <laughs> like <laughs> okay. you then go to these American races in particular, just because I'd like a lot of the American races are not that hilly, or like if they're hilly, it's like the long, draggy, like not steep stuff. Whereas I think like if you train in England, like all the roads are like really shit. Like Americans <laughs> moan about their road surfaces, honestly even like the worst like Oceanside everyone's like oh that road through the army camp the was camp, like yeah, so yeah. bad it's like okay like it wasn't great but I mean that's better than 90% of the English roads you're going to ride on so I think like you're used to terrible roads and it being slow it's generally hilly like I don't there's like a few sort of flattish parts but generally it's like hilly and it's all the like short sharp steep ones so I think like you just get used to training being hard and like if you spent four hours out on your tt bike in the rain and the wind mentally you're like i can do anything (laughs) i can go and race these races (laughs) it's easy so yeah i think like partly that and then i think because britain's been so strong in triathlon like people have had role models to look up to they've seen the success and it like i think that's just i guess like yeah like inspired people to get into it and shown the kind of different routes into it um mm-hmm. which has made more people want to do it you guys have a whole squad out there too right yeah whole squad yeah. that i sort of semi train with and yeah 
basically means every day I get my head kicked in swimming, which is not that fun. But <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, and you mentioned Cat Cat Matthews. You're going to be her pacer for sub eight, whatever we're calling it. In now, what are we at? A week, a week and a half. Yeah. Uh, a week. Okay. So what does that entail? Yeah. Um, what does that mean? So I'm mainly helping her on the bike and probably helping a little bit on the run. Um, so on the bike. So we're not like 100% sure how we're doing it yet because she was brought in so late. We've not had a chance to practice. Um, so we've kind of got an idea of what we think we're going to do, but we need to see if that plays out um, kind of in practice. But I think our thought at the moment is we've got uh, kind of some really strong sort of TT specialists that we're going to kind of rotate them in pairs at the front. Uh, and then I'm going to be the kind of link mm. between them and Kat. Um, so I've got to be the safe wheel for Kat to follow, which feels okay. like quite a lot of pressure. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, that that should be quite good. And I'm kind of hoping that, um, I'm hoping that it won't feel like too much of a really hard effort, given that I'll be like drafting off this little pod in front. Um, and then, yeah, run-wise... Like Kat doesn't really need any help pacing because her pacing is probably some of the best pacing in a marathon that I've generally seen of someone that's not just a runner. Um, but she was more like, I just want a bit of entertainment on the run. <laughs> so I think okay. my main role is probably um, with the other runners that she's got just subbing in every now and then to provide some slightly different chat. Um, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> so it's a pretty fun so day. practicing like your jokes. Yeah, okay. yeah. trying to come up with some like different stories and. <laughs> okay, it is an interesting uh, thing that mm. there. You know, there's been a lot of new kind of like m I don't know models triathlon events being like tested, and it is an interesting one to be involved in mm. for sure. Yeah, I think like as someone involved in it, obviously I'm slightly biased, but I think you know some of the kind of I guess like purists that have been a bit upset of like oh this isn't really triathlon mm -hmm. it's like well, it's not really trying to be like it is actually just looking at you know if you if you look at some of the work that's gone into it behind the scenes of actually let's try and develop like a different wetsuit or let's just look at where we can push the boundaries or you know I think that if you just look at it from a pure kind of technological advance perspective there's loads of interesting things that people are doing and that are looking at and I just think you know like why not just look at how fast can you go if you have a bit of help you know I'm like I don't think we're a million miles away from um a woman breaking eight hours by themselves on the right course mm -hmm. anyway but like regardless that like I don't think it really matters like for me it doesn't undermine what we're doing because what we're doing is it's just completely different like it's not meant to be a record it's not meant to be an actual Ironman it's not like Kat's gonna go around if she wins it and be like hi I'm the fastest Ironman woman ever because like she won't <laughs> see it like that it's just like actually this is just a different challenge something really fun to be a part of frankly like Kat and I had this conversation in St. Right. George a bit of like it's, you know it's, it's just it's different it's fun it's kind of doing something as a team that you don't get to do in triathlon which I think for both of us coming from like a hockey background and a team background the chance to have that kind of team environment again is is good so yeah mm -hmm. I think it's very different and it will just be a lot of fun and hopefully there'll be some you know either some tech that comes out that might filter its way down at some point or just some interesting things that if people aren't necessarily racing but just want to enjoy things in a different way can like take little bits from right it. I was about to ask too if you had split loyalties between whether Cat or Alistair should win, but I guess you guys aren't competing nah. like head to head, so it's fine. They both can they win. They can both win. As long yeah. as they both win, it's okay. fine. <laughs> then it's fine. We just need the Brits to rule and then we're all good. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and then after that, so I mean, that's a pretty quick turnaround, obviously, for both of you mm -hmm. from St. George to then. You had to like recover. Uh, what are you doing for recovery these days? Uh, well, my initial recovery was hiking around various canyons with my dad, which was right. not very much recovery. Uh, <laughs> no, like it was, I had a very good mental break. Um, and yeah, this week's been the first week of actually getting back to what I would call training. Um, and I guess for me, I've not really felt like I've had to do too much because I'm not having to run a marathon. Um, so actually, uh, 
yeah, it's it's kind of been as long as I feel like my legs are nice and fresh. Uh, and I think next week we'll be trying to put in like, a couple of harder sessions on the bike just to get them ready. But yeah, mainly recovery has mm-hmm. been just sleeping, trying to get over jet lag. <laughs> uh, and yeah, just actually letting my body recover. <laughs> and then what is after sub seven? Still planning. Um, one of the issues this year, <laughs> like, there's just too many races. Um, there, there are too many races. It, it's, it's just true. hard. So I think uh, yeah. I'm potentially looking at 70.3 European champs in Elsinore. Just it's a course I did an age grouper. It's a good course. It's quite easy to get to. Although saying that, there's basically no accommodation left. So that might <laughs> put that one out. Because um, I'm not sure I want to stay half an hour away when you're going out by yourself. It's a bit like bit hard if you don't have your your water boy to come and ferry you around but um yeah so maybe that if not maybe one of the other there's like a couple of other 70.3s around that time that I might go and do and then the PTO race in Canada again like I didn't Mm. necessarily want to have to travel back over and then back home and then back over again for Kona but they've made it quite um quite appealing from a like prize money and points perspective um so yeah it's like a five percent weighting of points for our end of year bonus so that probably means that i'm gonna end up doing it um (laughs) and to be fair the canada race looks really cool it's got it's like it's quite hilly it's a bit more of a technical bike um so it should be quite fun even though generally the 100k distance is like the worst of every triathlon world for me with longer swim shorter bike and shorter run but (laughs) still good fun um and then yeah I need to work out basically my pre-Kona plans because again they've got this Mm. PTO race but it's two and a half weeks before the women's race which I think is probably maybe a bit close for me but we'll see again it might end up being kind of worth doing from a prize money and points perspective but if not I'll probably just get a big block in uh, somewhere hot before Kona so yeah basically no real idea what I'm gonna do <laughs> I've got lots of options that sounds like that sounds pretty thought out actually yeah it's trying like a lot of it's just trying to weigh the pros and cons I saw you did a YouTube video I'm actually locked out of YouTube because so I can watch all of it but I saw you do a YouTube video about pri- about how much money mm-hmm. you made too about the money which is uh I know more and more pros are doing that these days yeah kind of getting into the financials I think it's just I thought like I was like I'm happy sharing it like obviously a lot of people get a bit um odd about money and it's not well it's not something that British people would usually talk about but um (laughs) I think I just thought it was quite like I used to I always enjoy reading Cody Beals's um Mm -hmm. reports on it and I was like I think people again just still have this perception of kind of what happens when you become a pro triathlete and um yeah, like I think, like I said, like I had way more support on the Zwift Academy than probably even that I still have now. And that's having actually managed to get a couple of sponsorships that are actually giving me some cash as opposed to just kit. So I think like it is like it is just a really tough world out there. Um, and I think right. that was one of the, it's also another reason why I'm still working. So it just gives me that kind of extra flexibility of I can make travel plans without having to think too much of, oh, can I afford it or can I do this or do that? So, yeah, I think there's still like a long way to go until the sport feels properly professional from a kind of financial perspective. Um, But, yeah, so I I think for me it was more just sharing it as a, it's out of interest so that if there are other people that are looking at maybe going pro, they've got a bit more information about what it might entail. Although, again, obviously people get very different um like sponsorships and contracts so yeah i mean it is getting i mean it's hard it's hard for sure mm. are you going to go back to being a banker is that a good idea oh never full-time no i'd like i definitely <laughs> i had uh my first day back in the office for like two and a half years last week and i was like yep definitely won't be coming back to this ever full-time um but i think like that's again it's part of the fun it's kind of shown me that there's lots of different I guess like career paths and options that I like, I definitely wouldn't have considered before. Like, def- you know, even like five years ago, I probably would have been like, yep, I'm a banker now. I'm going to stay in this industry and work my way around different roles in the bank. 
Whereas now it's like, yeah, like there's still stuff that I want to do from that perspective and still things that I think like the work that I'm still doing at the moment, which actually is generally focused around agility is like, it's really interesting. It's obviously very personally linked to me (laughs) and what I'm doing and how I want to work. But um, yeah, like I like still having that mental challenge of something different. So uh, I definitely want to keep my foot in the door, but yeah, zero chance of ever going back five days a week. You're obviously somebody who has like lots of goals in your head, right? Like you're like, I want to achieve. Mm-hmm. All right. So what are your big goals? I'm sure you have them. What are your big goals uh, for triathlon? Um, I want to keep podiuming at the world champs. Okay. Um, I want to be able to win some more big Ironmans. Um, and I think, and then like the other main thing for me, actually, that's a big goal is I want to get my swim to a point where I feel I can be competitive at the half distance. Like, I think mm. at the moment it's just not, it's not close enough to put me kind of in the game. Uh, whereas I think if I can find another like two, three minutes on the swim at a 70.3, then it's like, actually, I feel like I could be competitive at that distance too. So yeah, I feel like the Ironman distance at the moment, you can get away with it a little bit more from a swim. But um, yeah, at the half distance now, especially with so many short course athletes coming up, uh, the swim's only getting quicker. So that's, yeah, I need to make some more tangible improvements in my swim. How much do you swim a week? Right now? Uh, five to six times a week. A lot. Yeah, it's really boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's really boring. <laughs> yeah. All right, last question then. Uh, I think I know the answer, but out of all of the things, then what is your favorite? I feel like, I feel like biking is your yeah. favorite. Well, uh, but like mm-hmm. it does, it depends a little bit. Cause I think there's something, there's something really amazing about the fact with running. Like you just need a pair of trainers. You can do it anywhere. It's really easy. Um, and from a kind of mental perspective, I like running for me is the one thing that will, I can always like clear my head. If I've had a really stressful day, like running way more than anything else, I think sort of chills me out a bit and makes me feel better um but yeah the biking just from a you get to see so much more the kind of speeds that you can go the the fact that I think it's a bit easier sometimes to do it in a group because you can be a bit I don't think it matters as much of a kind of what pace are you running and how good a runner are you sort of thing (laughs) so yeah I think like the biking probably wins but running would be a pretty close second and swimming is just like a distant other than when you're somewhere like Kona and you're swimming in the ocean with dolphins and turtles just in your swimming costume with the sun on your back and it's really lovely <laughs> then it's then I love it but um when you're stuck in some dingy UK swimming pool that is horrendously hot and full of chlorine <laughs> It's not as fun. Like I definitely, you know, if we had not the so kind much. of pools that America and Australia have, like all these amazing <laughs> 50 meter outdoor pools, like I think I'd like swimming a lot more. <laughs> you guys don't have those? Might be like two or three. Oh, really? No. Huh. But I mean, it's generally raining, isn't it? It's like, why would we have all these nice outdoor right. pools? You just get rained on. It's a fast, I'm like fascinated by how good the Brits have become with, you know, your, your weather and your, it's just, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for chatting with us and, uh, and good luck at the sub seven next week. It'll be, we'll be Thank watching. Nice chat. Thanks to Laura and to Ruth and good luck this weekend. And thanks to all of you. Keep listening and keep training.